Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday, of course. If you can't listen live because you're busy, you're at happy hour, you got to pick up your kids, or whatever you got to do, don't worry. You can always catch the show on demand anytime you want. Just search your podcast for Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and it usually is uploaded pretty quickly after the live show ends. Always a ton of content and ways to win money going on at ScoutFantasySports.com. That's where you can find me. You can also follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at Aaron88, as we have a lot of content for you going on right now. As I mentioned, the last few days, fantasy baseball content ramping up as we have team outlooks from Sean Childs. He's one of the best high-stakes players around, and he goes really in-depth. This is great prep for you to get set to dominate your fantasy baseball league. He already has outlooks for the Orioles, Red Sox, and the Yankees. The Orioles one is free. Read it. Check it out. And the Orioles are not a good team. So there's not a lot of appealing things there, but you can see the detail in which Sean breaks it down. And the rest, uh, you're going to have to become a member. But it's certainly worth it. Whatever your membership is for your fantasy baseball leagues, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to win it back. So tons of good content there. I have already started some of my baseball stuff. I have a look at Nelson Cruz. Yasiel Puig, and I break down the signings today of Yasiel Grandal and Brian Dozier. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Dr. Otto has his NFL head coaching carousel article where he looks at some of the new hires and breaks it down and what it means for you guys going forward. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. And there's ScoutDFS.com for NHL, NBA, and NFL. We'll have Steve Renner from ScoutDFS. Coming up at 7.20 p.m. Eastern as we look ahead to the four-game slate for the divisional round this weekend. So we'll go in-depth and break it down with Steve. Uh, And, of course, there's VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. Uh, Last night, I think college basketball, I think it was a three-and-two night. Again, you can follow them on Twitter, at VegasWhispers. They document everything. I know there was a bad beat in that Creighton game. A lot of people were complaining about that as it looked like a ball was out of bounds. And Creighton should have won and would have covered the spread. Instead, the game went to overtime, and they didn't cover. So it happens, unfortunately, sometimes with sports betting. These bad calls late in the game can alter uh, whether you win or lose, and that's uh, frustrating at times, but it also makes it fun and exciting to watch these games. But, of course, you want the ball to bounce and the decisions to go in the direction of where your money flows. But you can check them out, VegasWhispers.com. You can use the promo code RONIS50 to get 50% off your first month or your first week. So try it out. You'll see uh, they are definitely above 500 for sure. So uh, there'll be some losses in there. No one's 
going to win everything. You know, anyone who's guaranteeing you and telling you they're winning everything, full of crap, doesn't happen. Everyone loses. But the goal here is to win more than you lose. And we can say that we do that over there at VegasWhispers.com. So there's a lot to get to, but I want to kick it off looking at the NBA All-Star voting. And I know the All-Star voting is a bunch of crap and, you know, fans have their say and we can go through this in every sport. But I just don't understand how some people sit there and fill out a ballot and punch the names that they do. So you're looking at the Western Conference right now. LeBron James is number one in the front court, which, uh, of course, that's fine, even with a missing game. Luka Doncic is number two. He's an exciting rookie. But how is DeMarcus Cousins number 10? He has 276,849 votes. DeMarcus Cousins hasn't played one game this year. And I know there's a lot of fans out there in Golden State. Maybe there's stuff in the ballot box. But how does DeMarcus Cousins have that many votes? He hasn't played this year. And I love Boogie, man. I play him in DFS a lot. I love watching him play. But he hasn't played one damn game this year. And he is scheduled to come. I think it was like next week, late next week, he he could return. But come on, man. That's ridiculous. Then on the guard side, Derrick Rose is number two behind Steph Curry. How does Derrick Rose have more votes than James Harden? And Rose has had a great year. Trust me. He's a good story. It looked like he was done. I didn't want to draft him in fantasy. And he's looked really impressive. Of course, though, he's missed a few games now with an injury. But Derrick Rose that high? Are there stuff in the ballot box in Minnesota? Like, really? Uh, how's Derrick Rose that high? It's just crazy. Chris Paul is 10th. He's barely played this year. And then you got the Eastern Conference. Vince Carter is 7th. <laughs> like, really? Vince Carter is, like, what, 40 years old, coming off the bench, and he's got 273,000 votes? Like, what? Like, who would sit there? And vote for Vince Carter. Even if you had him as one of your favorite players, why would you want to see him in the All-Star game this year? I just don't understand it. It makes no sense. Like, I, are, are people just punching ballots and looking at their favorite players from back in the day? It just makes no sense here. And we know that it'll tighten up and the correct guys will probably get in. Uh, then even the guards on the Eastern Conference, Dwayne Wade is number two. And I look, there, there's not, it's not a great guard uh, position this year in the Eastern Conference, but Dwayne Wade is number two behind Kyrie Irving with like 1.2 million votes. Like, come on, man. I know this could be the last year for Wade, but he doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. Come on. He's coming off the bench. He's missed a lot of games. I don't know how he's number two. And then Jeremy Lin is number eight for Atlanta. Again, another guy coming off the bench. So you just look at these votes, and it's crazy. And, you know, people always are reluctant sometimes to give the fans their say in the voting. And when you see results like this, it just doesn't make any sense uh, with some of the players near the top. Now Cousins won't get in. It's not a big deal at him at 10. But Derek Rose, second? Among guards in the Eastern Conference, man, just um, Western Conference just doesn't make any sense. No way he should be ahead of James Harden, who's just balling out, crushing it right now. Another 40-point game last night. And then Dwayne Wade second in the Eastern Conference. Like, I, you know, people want to see him in an All-Star game the last time, but he shouldn't be starting. I don't even think he should get in there, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, so what? It's his last year. You got to deserve it to be in the All-Star game. So uh, just – a lot of crazy results there. When I saw that today, I was like, I, I just got to talk on that for a little bit. 
Uh, but let's look at some of the news going on right now across uh, sports and especially the NFL. Spencer Ware is listed as questionable for the divisional round this week. He has not played for the last three games. So he's been limited in practice. And, you know, really they haven't given indication exactly what's going to happen. But I still think Damian Williams gets most of the workload here. And I know we're going to talk about him. But I think he's a good play this week. He's very cheap on the DFS sites. And obviously people are going to look to pay up at running back. But we'll get the thoughts from Steve Renner on that coming up in just a little bit. But uh, I do like him. I think he'll he'll make my lineup uh, this week. Looking at the preliminary, I really haven't broken it down yet. I've kind of looked at prices. But it is a good week. There's some good players here. Last week was a little bit more difficult. But obviously with the Chiefs offense, the Saints offense back and play and the Rams, uh, certainly more appealing here in this round. Sammy Watkins is questionable for the divisional round as uh, they really haven't said much about his status either. Randy Reed said that he had a good practice today, so it sounds like he'll play, but you got to wonder if he's going to be on a snap count as well. So, you know, he definitely makes that offense better. He's a big-time playmaker, but we just don't know exactly what his role will be this week. Uh, interesting news here on Antonio Brown. Uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports the Steelers have not spoken with Antonio Brown since he was deactivated in Week 17. So the reporter, Jerry Dulac, said Brown has refused to return repeated phone calls from the owner, Art Rooney II, and coach Mike Tomlin. So he didn't come to the team's final meetings. And Rooney said whether the situation can be reconciled and have him back on the team next year, we're a long away a long way away from thinking that can happen. And he said it's difficult to envision Brown being with the team in 2019, that they're not closing the door on anything at this point. Now, of course, he has that $21.2 million cap hit that the Steelers would take by trading Brown. So he said that's not going to factor into the decision. So this is going to get real interesting here in the offseason with Antonio Brown, who, by the way, of doing a – Mock draft now with the guys over at FNTSY Radio. We're only doing six rounds, but Antonio Brown went in the second round of that draft, and Juju Smith-Schuster went in the first. So I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point over the next few shows. But Antonio Brown uh, could be on a different team next year. going to be very interesting to see what happens in Pittsburgh here this offseason. Todd Gurley has been removed from the injury report. So Sean McVay said he looks like Todd. He looks like the explosive back that they're used to seeing. You know, I was a little concerned the last couple of days as I was starting to think about my lineups. I'm like, Gurley, we don't know if he's 100%. Dallas has been good against the run, although not as good on the road. So going to be interesting to see what his ownership will be this week. I think a lot of people are going to go to Ezekiel Elliott. Alvin Kamara is in a good spot. So uh, Gurley's price has gone down a little bit. Going to be interesting to see where Gurley is in terms of ownership this week. This news might make it rise a little bit. So it sounds like he is good to go and healthy. Melvin Gordon did not practice on Wednesday. He will practice today. Anthony Lynn said he just wanted him to chill. That was the quote. Uh, we know Gordon is banked up. He's going to be a guy that's not going to be heavily owned. And the price is a little up there as well. And he's just not 100%. I mean, you could see it last week. So uh, it's all about how much his workload will be, how many touches will he get. So it's going to make him risky, but it will also put him in a low ownership. But again, we're going to break that down all in a little bit. Blake Jarwin is questionable to play on Saturday night. He has not practiced all week. So the Cowboys are hoping that he can go. And remember, this, you know, today's like the, the walkthrough practice for Dallas with the game being Saturday night. So. 
there's a real chance here that Blake Jarwin doesn't suit up. And I did take him in a playoff draft. Obviously, it was one where didn't spend early on tight end. So uh, I don't even think I have a backup tight end in that league. Obviously, once you get past the top, you're not going to invest much. So I'm hoping Blake Jarwin can play. Uh, it's actually not a bad matchup for him. I know people might have used him last week, but it wasn't a good matchup. I didn't expect him to do much last week uh, against the Seahawks. So coming off that three-touchdown game in Week 17, so it looks like Dalton Schultz would be next if Jarwin can't go. Cole Beasley is also questionable for the Cowboys. He has an ankle injury. He did get injured early in the game. He finished up the game. But now it's looking like he is a game-time decision as well. So the Cowboys a little banged up here as they head into L.A. and face the Rams this weekend. Uh, quickly, on the baseball signings here. So a couple signings today. Yasmani Grandal signs a one-year deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. Grandal turned down the qualifying offer from the Dodgers. It was slightly over $17 million, so he gets a little bit more here. He signs a one-year deal for $18.25 million, and reportedly he turned down a four-year $60 million deal from the Mets a couple weeks ago. Obviously, the Mets moved on and went and got Wilson Ramos, so certainly uh, surprising there. Uh, Grandal... You know, he's always been one of the top catchers the last few years. Three straight years of at least 20 home runs. He has a 792 OPS over the last five seasons. That's third among catchers in baseball. Only Buster Posey and Wilson Contreras have better OPSs during that span. And, you know, he's been pretty durable, too, for a catcher. He's had played in at least 126 games in four of the last five years. And it's a position where it's difficult to stay on the field. You get the foul tips, the wear and tear. So he's done a nice job. He's very good. As far as getting on base, you know, career 341 OBP. So that's a big boost for catchers, you know, OBP league because most catchers are just terrible on OBP. So he doesn't hit for much average, you know, 240 for his career. Uh, last year, 241, 65 runs, 24 homers, 68 ribbies, and an 815 OPS. He had a career high 440 at bats in 140 games. The change in parks is a slight boost. You know, Dodger Stadium played better than people think for, for home runs. The ball can, flies out of there a little bit, especially when it's warm. So Dodger Stadium was 26th in runs, though. Milwaukee, Melo Park, was 14th in runs. Uh, home runs, 10th for Milwaukee, 11th Dodger Stadium. So it's a good lineup. He was in a good lineup last year as well. Um, my guess is he'll probably hit 6th in this lineup. So Grandal's a top-five fantasy catcher. You know, you don't want to overpay for him. You know, he's fine as a number one. I think uh, the ADP right now on Fantrax.com is 145. So... I'm fine with that. You know, I really don't want to spend uh, an early pick on a catcher. But, you know, once it gets ninth, 10th round in the 15-team league, I'll take them under consideration. It's just that the catcher's numbers are just so bad compared to other positions. And, yes, there's scarcity at the position, but I'm just not going to sacrifice a good player just to get a catcher. Uh, the other signing from today is Brian Dozier. He signed a one-year $9 million contract with the Nationals, so – Dozier's coming off one of his worst seasons in a long time. But he said he played the entire season through a right knee bone bruise, and it really affected him. Now, if you look at the underlying numbers, strikeout rate, walk rate were pretty similar. But it was the slash line that was bad, and he didn't make as much hard contact. So he batted 215 with a 305 OBP and a 391 slugging. He still had 81 runs, 21 homers, 72 ribbies, and 12 steals between the Twins and Dodgers. But two years ago... He was at 271, 
359, 498, 106 runs, 34 homers, 93 rubies, and 16 steals. So there's two ways to look at it. Number one, is this an aging player? Because second basemen, specifically middle infielders, they seem to age a little quicker. He turns 32 in May. But it also could be injury-related. And this is one of the things I've always said about fantasy is we never know when guys are playing through injury. And do we want them to be heroes and gut it out and play through these injuries? And then it affects their numbers? Or do we want them to sit out, spend some time on the DL, get better, and come back? And I think when you look, especially what happened with Dozier last year, you'd rather the guy sit out and try and get healthy. But, you know, you can't. It's tough to criticize a guy for trying to be tough and going out there and playing every day. But when it affects your numbers, I think it's a problem. And it clearly did for Dozier last year. So, you know, he didn't have a team. So his current ADP is 145, and I like that. 11 second baseman off the board. But I got to think that the ADP rises now that he's on the Nationals. It's a pretty good offense, and we still don't know. Maybe Bryce Harper goes back there. My guess is he hits fifth, sixth in the order based on what they have now. But I think he's a good bounce-back candidate. Again, I'm not going to reach and overpay for him. But especially if you're drafting now and you can get him in the 145 range, I think it's a nice value because, again, a lot of the underlying stats outside of the hard hit rate and some infield pop-ups were pretty similar. So clearly when you don't have the strength in that knee, I think that was a big problem as well. The Mets also signed Jed Lowry to a two-year $20 million contract. When we return, we're going to talk some NFL DFS. Steve Renner, Scout DFS, joins me next right here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We got MLB team outlooks beginning to be posted from Sean Childs. We got the Orioles, Yankees, and Red Sox already up. I got some looks at Yasiel Puig trade and his fantasy value going forward. Nelson Cruz and his ADP falling, as well as the signings from today with Brian Dozier and Yasmani Grandal. Dr. Otto has a look at the coaching carousel in the NFL and what it means for fantasy purposes. And, of course, there's still time to get in a playoff contest. Maybe you missed out. The Maui Madness playoff contest is still open. Go to playffwc.com. And the winner, the grand prize, gets a trip for four to Maui. It's 25 bucks to enter. You can get five entries for $100, and it takes your two highest scores of the playoffs. So we got three weeks left, so there's still time to get in. So head on over today, playffwc.com. Joining me now, it is Steve Renner. You can find him at scoutdfs.com. Steve, what's up? How's it going, Adam? I love the baseball talk already. Yeah, man, I'm starting to get pumped. I'm already in a draft, champions draft. Let me tell you, I am not ready at all, man. Just like you just feel like you're out of your element. And I'm just just like doing it. The good thing is you do research as you go along. But, you know, I just spent so much time in football, you know, the last several months. And I'm playing NBA DFS almost every day. I actually didn't play tonight. 
you just kind of get rusty, and I just need to get back in that mode. So this way, hopefully come February, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I will say this offseason has been a little bit better than last year. I mean, at this time last year, we almost had nobody sign. At least now we've had a few still, you know, there's a couple big guys that haven't signed yet. But, yeah, I'm the same way. Usually I don't get into baseball until February, and I'm finding I, I kind of got the itch. And one thing on Yasmani Grandal, I heard you talking about him. I love the, the signing to Milwaukee, but go back. Three of the last four years, he has taken a major nosedive in the second half of the season. So, Can we say that, that, though, I, about a lot of catchers because they just wear down? Yes, we, we could. We could. But him specifically, and, and that's I'm curious how Milwaukee's going to use him. I know in the past they've done a good job of splitting up their catchers. Um, and, yeah, you could say that with, with catchers a lot, and that's why typically I like, like someone like Wilson Ramos last year I love because, hey, he was going to sit out the first half of the season. Um so I like taking a chance on, on a catcher who I know isn't going to play a lot early because you need, especially in two catcher leagues, you're going to need depth at that position. But it's something with, with Grandall, I would look at even getting his backup uh, this year just because he, it's, it's been three out of the last four years, and it's been a massive nosedive in the second half. Yeah, it's a position I really don't invest in heavily. I mean, I couldn't believe the people that were taking Gary Sanchez in the second round last year. I don't care if it's 15-team leagues and you got to start two catches. You cannot invest in a catcher that early in a draft. Yeah, and I was the I was the loudmouth who was boasting that Sanchez would lead the Yankees in homers last year. And hey, look, we all get stuff <laughs> wrong. I mean, you know, look, I thought the homers well, would be there, you know, but hey, he got hurt, right? And so I, I took a hit off that. That was probably the the death. But it's more that I was saying, you know, I, I get Judge and I get Stanton, but there's going to be other guys, and and there were other guys with them. But yeah, it's it's not a great position and. You, you want to try to get the guys that are going to play a lot of DH, like Salvador Perez. They're going to they're going to DH him a ton, so he's he's in a good spot certainly. But uh, but yeah, it's long way to go, long way to go for baseball. Yeah, uh, certainly for DFS purposes. But uh, yes. the season starts a little early. I think it's March twentieth. There's two games in Japan. It's really messing up drafts, man. Because I think everyone wants to try and draft before then. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, like, I'm already looking at scheduling a, my home league draft March 9th because the following weekend is Tout Wars and NFBC, and I'm already signed up to do an NFBC auction in New York. So it's just uh, we might have to draft a little bit earlier. I mean, you can draft after those two games, but. Yeah. We're, well, I think my, my home uh, retention league, we're, we're drafting before that, but we're throwing those games out. We're, we're just throwing them out completely. So. And you're drafting before them or after? Yep, before. We're doing before. Okay. And you're just not going to count them? Nope. Yeah. It's just easier that way. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so let us know what's going on at Scout DFS. Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, people have been involved a lot with NBA. I know the Optimizer's been uh, been doing really well over there. Uh, hockey is, is ramping back up. Now that football is dying down, uh, we're able to, you know, dedicate a little bit more time on, on the hockey side. I'm, I'm jumping in, helping out. Rob has been carrying the torch, been really killing it over there. A lot of good information on the Slack uh, channels as well. So once you get signed up, not only to take advantage of the optimizer, but to get in there, there's a lot of good feedback. And we've got golf content uh, starting to ramp up now. And so we're, we're really getting prepped uh, as we start to get into this post-NFL cycle. Obviously, we still got this weekend and next weekend for, for that. But you're going to have hockey. You're going to have basketball. You're going to have MMA. We've got even some college basketball potentially on the horizon as, as the big tournaments come up around the horizon and then of course baseball and we've we've grown our baseball platform every year and i'm i don't want to tip the uh let the cat out of the bag too early here but we got a lot of cool tools coming down the pipe for 
for baseball this season that I think people are going to really enjoy. So, yeah, and also some uh, special promo codes coming uh, probably tomorrow. So uh, follow yep. the guys on Twitter. I know I'll have the tweets out tomorrow, and uh, you can get some good deals. So make sure you check that out. All right, let's take a look at the slate for the weekend. First of all, uh, when you saw that the Eagles won and were coming to play your Saints, were you pleased? Did you Would you ever rather face them to Dallas? Does it, does it not matter? But what was your reaction when you saw the Eagles won and were coming to play the Saints this weekend? Didn't care about the matchup that much. I'll be going to the game. So I'm, uh, I got a flight tomorrow to go down to New Orleans. And they come back Monday. So I guess on one side, I'll have a little bit more Eagles fans to deal with. But, you know, I... I didn't care either way. With with Dallas, it was more of, okay, you know what Dallas is. They're very good at it, but um, you can kind of predict they're, they're going to run the football, they're going to play really good defense up front, and you have to beat them. With the Eagles, you look at it and say, they're really a, a wild card. I mean, they got a, probably a little bit more talent all around than Dallas has, but they're, they're not playing as well as Dallas is overall, and they don't have a, a dominant unit like Dallas does with that front seven. So, it was a toss-up either way. I, I guess at the end of the day, I said to myself, well, best-case scenario is we beat Philly and then Dallas beats the Rams and we don't have to play the Rams or the Bears. So, okay, we'll, we'll take the Eagles then. So I, I didn't care either way, though. I was uh, shocked to see the way that they won, but I wasn't shocked to see Philly beat Chicago. Overall, uh, what's your assessment of the slate for this week? And is it something that you like? Is it better than last week? I... I don't know that it's better than last week. I like last week's uh, slate quite a bit, and it was a matter of, you know, I avoided uh, – I was on Hilton over Hopkins, which Hilton didn't have a huge game, but I avoided the, the Hopkins downfall. I was not on Hines at all, which I know that was a big uh, mistake for a lot of people. So I was able to kind of still cash last week with just kind of a balanced approach. I like this this week a little bit more uh, just because you get some of those high-end guys. Like So we you got Gurley. But, you know, just the games overall, I think that there's a lot of spots this week that are that are hard to predict, which is going to make it a lot better. All right, let's start breaking it down, looking at the quarterback position. Pat Mahomes, the most expensive on DraftKings at 7,000 uh, first playoff game. We've seen some of the quarterbacks in their first playoff game struggle. I know everyone's talking about the Colts' defense, how well they played. They don't give up big plays. But they've actually had the easiest schedule this year. And if you go back and look at some of the quarterbacks they faced, not really ones that you go, okay, uh, that's a threat there. But could you see yourself paying up for Mahomes this week or you just feel like it's a little too pricey and maybe some better quarterbacks down low? It's not so much the price as much as it, as it is the matchup. Uh, Colts defense is playing really well. And I think on the other side in this game, Andrew Luck is, is – certainly going to be the chalk quarterback he's got um he's got all the momentum certainly from uh, a high perspective right now he's playing really well and he's he's got a much better matchup and, and the price on Mahomes isn't bad I don't think that's what's going to drive people off of him including myself as much as the you look at the matchup against that that Colts secondary and, and they're really good um I think that they're actually underrated my analysis on this game and and it's actually both games on Saturday is you need to decide what your stance is going to be on the running game for both teams. And so specifically for like with the Colts situation, I look at it and say, can the Chiefs stop the Colts ground game uh, with, with Marlon Mack? And if the answer, if your answer to that is 
no, then in my opinion, you're going Mac and Kelsey because of kind of the position breakdown. If your answer to that is yes, then without a doubt, you should be plugging in Andrew Luck and Eric Ebron in probably one of the higher scoring games uh, of the weekend. At least it's got the highest Vegas total. And, and I think that that will probably push close to that. I, I actually think the game goes under a little bit just because it is going to be chilly. And I think both defenses will play better than expected. But, you know, with Mahomes, he's done this all year. Uh, he's always been kind of someone that I've said, I don't feel you have to pay up for him. I don't feel you have to pay up for him. He'll get to 20 points or so, but it's not a spot where I feel like you have to have him. So in that situation, and it's been this way with quarterback a lot this year, um, I'll take usually kind of a cheaper guy. But for me, it starts with the ground game on both of these teams because you have to decide, are you looking at Marlon Mack? Are you looking at Williams? Um, and if not, then you can pivot off. But if, if so, those two running backs for their price, I think are well above everybody else this week. You mentioned Andrew Luck. He's third highest on DK at 6,200. If you feel he's going to be the highest on quarterback, do you worry about that and try to pivot elsewhere in a tournament? Or do you say he's the best in your opinion and you're just going to play him knowing that the Chiefs defense is not great? Yeah, so that's why I said, I mean, you, you've got to get exposure to the Colts this weekend. That's the first thing. And you could certainly play Luck with Mac. Uh, we've, we've seen Luck do a lot of check down the Chiefs. As the season wore down uh, for the second half of the season, they were one of the worst teams against uh, in terms of giving up receptions to running backs. So you could kind of get exposure to Luck through Mac or even combine them both. Um, I, there are other pivot options. Certainly Drew Brees is, is probably the, the next one immediately that you can go to at home in the Dome against the Eagles secondary. You could even go down to Nick Foles, who's kind of a discount this week, although not drastic enough on DraftKings. But to me, I've got to get exposure to the Colts. Um, against that Chiefs defense, and it's either Mac or Luck. I personally lean on uh, the Marlon Mack side. Um, and just now I'm going to break down my roster construction and, and look at passing targets. I'll, I'll probably put more on something like Breeze this week. But, you know, if you want to go contrarian and you want to get off of that, don't fade the Colts entirely, in my opinion, because it, it's too good of a matchup. The game flow, the, you know the Chiefs are going to push the ball down the field, so the tempo is going to be good. So you got to give exposure to the Colts um, one, one way or another. Talking to Steve Renner from ScoutDFS.com, we really have not seen a big game from Drew Brees in quite some time. He did face the Eagles at home in Week 11 and shredded them, 363 and four touchdowns. Do you see a big Drew Brees game this week? I see a very good game from Drew Brees this week. Um, he's always been great in the playoffs. He was exceptionally good last year. You know, his – his path last year was a lot similar to this year where, you know, the narrative was, oh, well, you know, they're not relying on Breeze as much. They use the ground game a lot more. They, they, they run the ball. They play defense. And then they got to the playoffs, and he turned it up. Uh, that first round against Carolina, even against Minnesota, really from the second half on, he was spectacular. So I think Breeze is going to be good to tear it out this week. This isn't going to be one of it, – it's not going to be a 48-7 to seven game. Let's, let's go and roll that out first. Um, but – you look at the way to attack the Eagles defense. They've been much better against the run lately. It still is going to be through the air and attacking that secondary. And I don't see any way that Michael Thomas doesn't have a huge game this week. Um, I, I broke it down in my article uh, up on Scout DFS in the ambush. And anytime that the Saints have had a game that is close, Michael Thomas has, I'll just read it to you, 16 receptions, 12 receptions, 100, or 10 receptions, 12 receptions, 11, and 11. And all except one of those games, he had 100 yards. So 
Breeze is going to hit 300 yards this week. you got to figure he gets probably at least two touchdowns. He's a very safe play, I think, at home uh, in the Dome. Outside of those three quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady is 5,600 now. He has not played well. It's going to be very cold. We know the Chargers defense uh, at times has been good. Uh, do you see yourself playing Brady at all? No, and, and I can get the idea around it, which is, hey, this is, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever, and he's, he's coming off a bye. Chargers making their second trip across the, uh, the country, you know, in as many weeks, third straight road game. I can kind of get it, but, you know, it's just, for me, I don't think he has enough targets against arguably, in my opinion, one of the, the best defenses that is still remaining in, in the Chargers. So for me, just looking at when you go to Contrarian, I would much rather go the route of, in that same game, uh, Philip Rivers, who potentially could be playing from behind. Um, I think he has a lot more weapons, both with, with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Um, I even think Austin Eckler is going to be a good option out of the backfield as, as a receiver this week. And, you know, another one to look at is Jared Goff. And that game, we know Dallas is going to lean on, on Zeke a ton. And you could certainly make a case, obviously, for Dak if they're trailing. But I'm not convinced, Adam, that Todd Gurley is 100%. And I know there's concerns about Melvin Gordon and his knee, but I at least saw Melvin Gordon last week. We haven't seen Gurley for – well over a month now, it feels like. And I could just see the Rams potentially having to rely upon golf and the passing game. And so the two guys that I would take a shot on, if you go contrarian, are, are going to be Rivers and, and golf because I think that they have the better weapons. And it just feels like a situation where both of them might have to lean on the pass more than, than people think. Yeah, and if you saw last week, I said it. Thank goodness Seattle didn't go to Russell Wilson more because they were having success in the passing game against Dallas and they kept continually trying to run when it wasn't effective. And uh, so that, that is a possibility. And I think that is one of the biggest questions this week, and we'll get to it when we talk running backs, is Todd Gurley and what to do with him. Uh, Dak Prescott's the lowest quarterback on DK. They're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. They might have to pass a little bit more than they want. He had 33 pass attempts last week. He also has the ability to score on the ground and add uh, yards on the ground. I know he wasn't doing it much late in the year, but he did last week. Uh, what about Dak this week? I'm not on Dak, and a lot of it is because I, I really like the Rams' defense um, because I'm looking for who can probably generate the most sacks, and they have the best matchup, I think, just, just to get sacks. And the, the Cowboys' offense just isn't dynamic enough, in my opinion, and, and their best approach is probably to, to feed Zeke a ton. You get the upside with Zach when he runs it in uh, like he did last week, and you know, last week there were not as many high-end quarterbacks that you would go up to. That, uh, and this week, I, I think, you know, taking a risk on someone like like Dak is, is really going to burn you. So I won't have any, any love for him this week. Sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, I'm probably – I wasn't really looking at him anyway. I just brought him up for people that are listening. Maybe people are looking at, you know, a cheap quarterback. Any, any love for Nick Foles? You know, obviously we should be playing from behind, and he's been playing really well. Yeah. Yeah, so the difference between Foles and Dak is that Foles probably will throw it 40 times, even if they're not playing from behind, just because the Eagles aren't a heavy run team. The Saints have been really good against the run. So, and Foles has been getting the ball out quickly, so I don't think he's, they're worried too much about pass protection. So that's the thing with Foles versus Dak. Foles is just going to throw it a ton more than Dak will. So the opportunity in the upside is, is much greater um, in that situation. And it's a better environment for offense, in my opinion. So... Folds is in play at, at a low price, but on DraftKings, 
the price isn't that much of a difference this week. That is true. Uh, different compared to FanDuel. Lots more ahead. We'll continue to go through the slate. We'll break down the running backs, receivers, tight ends, and defense for the divisional round for DFS purposes. It's all ahead. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the show live weekdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. Always check it out on demand. And you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we're getting you ready. Baseball will be here before you know it, especially if you're in season long. you got to start preparing now. we got team outlooks already being put out by Sean Childs, one of the top high-stakes players around. He already has profiles of the Orioles, Red Sox, and Yankees as he's starting there in the American League East. And uh, I'm starting to look at some of the free agent moves. Uh, looking today at Brian Dozier and Yasmani Grandal, what it means for fantasy purposes. Took a look at Yasiel Puig and his move to Cincinnati. What does that do for his fantasy value? And Nelson Cruz, who went to the Twins this year, and talking about his falling ADP and if it's justified or not. So you can check that out, scoutfantasysports.com. At the game, just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to mybookie.ag. And open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and my bookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And maybe you need some help on the bets and who to take. Well, VegasWhispers.com will help you out. They've been putting up picks the last couple of days for college basketball, they'll have picks for the NFL this weekend. And if you use the promo code RONUS50, you get 50% off your first month or first week. So head on over to VegasWhispers.com. Follow them on Twitter, at VegasWhispers. They put up the results at the end of the night, whether it's wins, losses, it's all transparent. So check it out and become a member. Test it out for a week, win some money, and then come join us for the long term. Joined by Steve Renner. You can find him ScoutDFS.com as we go over the slate for the Divisional Weekend. Let's take a look at the running backs. Ezekiel Elliott, the most highly priced guy. As you mentioned, we know what the Cowboys are going to do. They're going to give him a big workload. He's more involved in the passing game. Are you looking to get him in most of your lineups this weekend? 
So I don't think Zeke will kill you uh, just because he gets the volume and the usage. And even in the passing game, he's a good play. So, you know, on a full PPR site like DraftKings, um, you get a little bit of a bump there. But I don't I don't see Zeke having close to 30, uh, which is, I think, what he pushed last week. I think he had 27 total points on DraftKings. And because of roster construction, where you want to spend salary, I'm finding that, you know, I'm kind of forcing in at, at tight end and, and a wide receiver this week. There's some good plays on the top end there that you want to get. Whereas running back, there's a lot more depth uh, this week. So, you know, in the case of, of both Zeke, I mentioned I have concerns with, with Gurley's knee. I would go Gurley more than Elliott um, in, in that specific game. The Cowboys rush defense has been very good, but when they go on the road, uh, there seems to be about a 40 to 50 yard um, rushing boost that, that the opposing team gets. So if you're not worried like I am about Gurley, I would think that he's, you know, much better play on the high end. Kamara's a good play. You know, personally, I, I don't think that that it's going to be any one particular guy for the Saints. Michael Thomas is probably the, the top one, but Kamara should get his. It, it really comes down to the touchdown variance. And, and I hate to, it's, it's a cop-out thing, but, you know, unfortunately it is just, you know, with, with him and, and Ingram who – who ends up being the guy to push it in from the five based on who got him down the field. So for me on the top end, you know, I'm not really looking to spend on those guys. I mentioned the Colts and the Chiefs game is one that I'm looking at. And the Colts rushing game has really, I think, gone under the radar. They've put up 178 yards against the Cowboys, 158 against the Titans, and 200 against the Texans on the ground in three of the last four games. And those are pretty good rushing defenses on the season. So, we know the offensive line is getting a lot of love. They're getting a lot of hype, but it seems to all be going to Andrew Luck. And I think Marlon Mack is a fantastic play. And a lot of people are going to get burned by Hines last week, but don't be afraid to go back there if you need a value play in the, in the flex spot in that same game. Um, if you want to look at someone in the passing game, he'll probably be on the field a little bit more uh, as a PPR spot. But I'm really starting. I'm looking at, um, at Mack and, and Hines in terms of some value guys at, at running back this week. Mac has scored in five straight games and six touchdowns in those games. He does have a couple games in there of just 30 rushing yards against the Texans and the Giants. But, yeah, uh, he's been really key for them over the last few weeks. And I think a lot of people are going to go on the higher end. But as we discussed, you know, Todd Gurley's really going to be the interesting guy. You know, his price is lower than usual. He's 8000 on DK. But we haven't seen him in a month. Now, they took him off the injury report today. McVay said he's fine. But that doesn't mean he is. Is his ownership going to be a little bit lower because people will feel safer with Zeke? They'll go down to Kamara. Do you think maybe Gurley's ownership comes in a little low? Or with the news that he's off the injury report, maybe people feel a little bit more safe now that they can get him in there? Yeah, it'll be lower than it should be. And the weird thing with Gurley is I think at the beginning of the week, if you looked at it on Monday or Tuesday, and this is what's really weird, before they practiced, I think everybody said, oh, yeah, Gurley would be chalk. You'll plug in Gurley and take it and move on. People thought, okay, the Rams are going to blow them out. And even though he's practiced and they said he's okay, it's almost as if people are starting to look at it and second-guess it now. And and the, the irony is that this is someone who is 8K on, on DK this week, and he was up around 10, 11K, and people were forcing him in at that price. So it's almost like you're getting Gurley at the lowest you've ever got him in terms of salary and his ownership. When you factor in that it's only a four game slate is, is probably lower than it should be. Um, 
So there's some reason to, to not overthink it this week. And, you know, as we get closer to Saturday, he's going to be, without a doubt, the, the toughest call. Um, but, you know, I do think he'll come in. He's probably still going to be north of 50% owned. So it's not like you're going to be getting a, a huge discount on him. But you could argue that if in any other scenario, he would probably be 85 to 90% owned this week. I like Damian Williams. He's 5,100 on DK. Uh, I think on FanDuel, I forgot. I was looking at it today. I, I, am I missing something? Like, I feel like I know Spencer Ware potentially could be back, but I think this is his backfield, and he's been good. And if this game's going to put up points, uh, I mean, I like Damian Williams at that price. He's been good, and the Chiefs running backs historically have been really good at home. Um, and, yeah, so, so, no, you're not crazy to, to be on him. And, and I think you're the you're in the exact price range. A lot of people, though, are not going to be on him as much because they're going to look at James White for 4,900 and think, okay, playoff James White, uh, Patriots are going to score somehow. Let's lean on him. But you got to figure Damian Williams gets a higher percentage of the of the shares this week in the Kansas City backfield than even White does because Sonny Michelle is a pretty competent back there with New England. I know the history with White in the playoffs, but that's going to be a split situation a lot more than it is with Williams and, and with Ware. Um, so early in the game, I think that they'll lean on Williams. He's a good play. And that, that kind of leads into, as you look through running back, it's not so much, hey, are the high-priced guys in good spots, but is there value here? And we look at, okay, we've got Williams, we've got Mack, we've got White. Um, another guy that I think is in a really good spot if they use him properly is, is Darren Sproles. He was on the field a ton last week. I don't know why they weren't throwing him the ball. Yeah, I liked him last week, too. I thought he was in a good spot. I wrote him up as uh, one of the values. He was, and he, you know, he got a, a high percentage of their, of their snap count, but for whatever reason, they weren't using him in the passing game, and, and I expect them to do that this week. You could say it's a little bit of a revenge narrative. It's been about four or five years since he played with the Saints, but Sproles has been, always been great on, on turf. And yeah, that's the other thing is, I was going to say, yeah, on the yeah, turf. Even at that age, I, I, he, I still expect him to – to catch a couple and break them off for big runs this week. And, you know, 4,400 in a game that is projected to be a little bit of a shootout. I mean, we're talking that full PPR. I kind of got bailed out last week with, with Lamar Miller. I didn't expect him to get all the receptions that he got, but he had a drive where he caught three passes in a row. And when you got a guy that's four to five K that's huge um, to get that value. So there's a lot of good value plays, I think, at running back this week to, that will push people away from some of the high price studs. Joined by Steve Renner. You can find him scoutdfs.com. Looking at wide receiver, you touched upon it a little bit earlier. Really like Michael Thomas. He's the most expensive on DK at 7,900. Yeah, like you said, it's hard not to like him. I mean, you saw it took a while, but look what Allen Robinson did to that secondary. The Eagles' secondary is still a weakness, and Michael Thomas should be able to feast. Yeah, especially once uh, Trubisky started to actually go downfield, he was able to do it very easily. And, you know, the Eagles, they don't historically blitz a, a ton uh, this year. And, and, you know, blitzing against Breeze has not always worked out. And, and, you know, in the previous matchup, and I don't expect them to do all the exact same things, but they went into, they had to go into a zone a lot. And guys like Thomas were able to, to really feast on it. He ended up not having the huge game that week. It, it was it was Trick Smith that actually started as Keith Kirkwood. Um, but, you know, with, with Ted Ginn back in, he'll be able to stretch the field. I don't see how Thomas doesn't get a high volume of receptions this week. And like I said, when Breeze, historically this year and even last year, we saw it a lot, especially at the end of the season, when whenever the Saints got into a pinch, if there was ever a bind, 
Breeze was going to force it to Thomas, and he can beat almost anybody in a one-on-one matchup. So he should get well over 10 targets this week. Is a great red zone threat. Uh, to me, he's he's probably the, the number one chalk must play of the week uh, kind of across the board. What about Tyreek Hill? We know he can put up 30 points anytime and could, you know, be a tournament winner. He's 7,400 at home. Uh, as we mentioned previously, the Colts have done a really good job of not giving up the big play. Uh, what about Tyreek Hill this week? I will not have any Tyreek Hill. He's my fade. Um, it's a dangerous I, I guess, fade, though, isn't it? you you got to be a little worried. <laughs> a little bit worried, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm going – you know, I'm going a lot of Kelsey this week. And um, for me, a tight end, it's Kelsey and Ebron. Try to get one of those two guys in because I think that there's a huge gap between them and the rest of, of the field. And, you know, with Tyreek Hill, he can go off for 15 to 16 points, but there are guys that are cheaper. I'm looking at, you know, Robert Woods at 5,900, I think is, is a fantastic play this week. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys defense gets labeled as, as being very good, but the, the Rams can go three deep at wide receiver. And obviously you got Gurley there as well. So, I think Woods is, is going to be in a great position. He's, you know, fifteen hundred dollars cheaper. Um, How's he that low? Like, I don't know. Right? That's know. The, the pricing for some of these guys this week is is perplexing. Yeah, him, him, and then Brandon Cooks at fifty six hundred as well. But Woods has been very consistent. I know with Woods, I'm going to get a fifteen, and I expect Tyreek Hill to get involved even in the ground game. Some, but you know, they'll find ways to get him the ball. But the Colts have been very good about not giving up big plays this year. And and that's where Tyreek Hill has really thrived, and he's been able to hit his value of kind of bust plates this, this year. I don't see him getting that this week. And at 7400 when I've got guys that are a couple thousand dollars cheaper, um, I mean, you go to the, the New England and, and Charger game, which people don't project to be a shootout, but I see both. You look at Rivers and you look at Brady, they're very good at converting on third down. They're very good at keeping their offense on the field and, and kind of ball control possession. And Julian Edelman and Keenan Allen, just from a reception standpoint, that are both $1,000 cheaper than Tyree Kill, should, should be in fantastic spots. So I just look at it and I say, look, i got to spend a tight end, and I'm going to have Kelsey. There's a lot of options at wide receiver, so that's why I'm not on Tyree Kill at all. Same with T.Y. Hilton. What's the concern with Hilton, that he's not 100%? The concern with Hilton is that I have Marlon Mack and Ebron. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a little bit 100%. Um, Hilton, I would – another guy, kind of like Sproles, I prefer him on turf. Um, I, I think Hilton has a really good game this week, but he's not going to push close to that 30 ceiling that, that I think some people may expect him to have. So um, it, it just comes down to – I do – it's tough this week where you spend in the flex spot because the value of running back is hard to pass with some of the guys we talked about. But the more you look at it, there's you can make a case for having four wide receivers in your lineup this week. How about uh, the cheap wide receivers? If you're looking to save some money, who do you like on the lower end? So on FanDuel, Ted Ginn is only 4500 and that's a huge mistake. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. I wrote before the playoffs when I was I, – I, I did like a deep sleeper like for the drafts, and I said, if you know, if you expect this team to go deep, Ted Ginn's the guy. I felt like he was a little underlooked, and I did one playoff draft where I, I went Saints-Chargers uh, because that, that was my Super Bowl pick, so I was getting Ginn. People forget, you know, and, he, and they're home against the Eagles. Ginn, to me, is in a great spot this week. He is, and don't forget, I mean, he missed a lot of time. He didn't play in the first game, and we saw – 
Uh, Traquan. Traquan went off in that, right? That was the big Traquan game. That was that was his hugest, his biggest game of the season. And so it, this should begin. I do think he gets spread out a little bit, but with his deep playability, they're going to find a way to get him the ball. He's he's a key piece. They they brought him back off IR for a reason, but he's one cheap guy. I love Mike Williams. Uh, if, yes, if there was a guy, I, I think I, everyone I, at Scout loves Mike Williams. I tell you, if there was a guy I could put stock into for next year, like he doesn't get used team, enough. I don't understand he it. He's a big target. He will. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised though. There are games he's just not used enough. Well, and the, you know the, the story on Belichick always is he takes away the team's top option, and that's either going to be Allen uh, or, or Gordon. And I think Mike Williams at forty seven hundred. He's in that. He's kind of in that same range that Michael Gallup was last weekend. We saw Gallup score. I had him. I think Mike Williams is a lock to score this week, but he'll have more yardage and more receptions than Gallup would, and, and a better chance at, at a huge game. So, those two guys are guys that I would look at. And then you got to look at some of the Eagles' uh, receiving options as well, just based on the game flow. Both Golden Tate, who's I think really banged up with that knee. He didn't look right last week, even though he had a really good game. And Nelson Aguilar, uh, sub 5K, are, are places to look at. And what are the guys to throw out there? You know, if you're not on Julian Edelman, Hogan at 39. Have, yep, you got yeah, it. I mean, because yeah. there's just there's not enough mouths in that offense now. Um, and I, yeah, I can't trust Gronk. I know Gronk is going to be yeah, used a lot. No way. So you I start can't. going through it. Yeah, it, it's it's going to have they're going to have to find either Hogan or Kirk Cordero Patterson is going to get involved for the Patriots this week. All right, you said Kelsey and Ebron at tight end. Don't go cheaper. How about defense? Who do you like this week? Uh, the Rams because of the sack upside. Outside of that, if you're going to, you know, certainly spend down, that the um, the Saints would be one. Actually, the, excuse me, the Saints are, are the most expensive. Than Although, yeah. depend, I think because I play on a Yahoo a bit now, I think they were the Saints were like one or two dollars above minimum. I was like, what? Okay, I'm that's right. Them. Yeah, you're right. I think you are. Yeah, and I think on Fanduel they're down a little bit too, but. I'm I'm still high on the Chargers defense, and I'll give you another one. Don't sleep on the Colts defense. They're playing really well, and even though they're going up against the Chiefs, it is going to be 34 degrees. Mahomes' first playoff game, he's turned the ball over at times. Um, you know, people are going to be scared off because of points, but when you're playing a defense at this round, you want to find someone who can get the sacks and, and force turnovers. So, uh, but to me, the, the Rams are, are the best one to, to fit in if you can, just because they're probably not going to give up 30. Five points this week. All right, quickly, the winners this weekend. I know the Saints are one, so the other three. We'll see on that one. Uh, <laughs> Colts, Rams, and it pains me because I picked the Chargers to take the Super Bowl, but I think the Patriots win a close one. I think the Chargers do it, man. All The only argument I hear from the New England side this week is Brady Belichick. Nothing else and their home game. So I'm sticking with the Chargers. All right, Steve, good talking to you. Have fun in New right, Orleans Adam. this weekend. All right, thanks, buddy. Uh, that wraps it up here. Check me out, Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm back tomorrow with Dr. Roto. Catch us at 7 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.